You're tuned in to the Lone Star Lowdown, your favorite sports podcast where we're talking professional, college, and fantasy sports with your hosts, Ty Henderson, Shay Holt, and Corey Guidry. And welcome back to the Lone Star Lowdown. Uh, I'm Shay Holt here with Corey Guidry. And we are talking Texas football here uh, today. Uh, what is it? September 28th? Uh, 2022. That is correct. Um, we're leading up to the Texas versus West Virginia game here at home. Uh, Texas just came off a heartbreaking 37-34 overtime loss out in Lubbock. Um, so we'll be breaking down this game, uh, breaking down that game, previewing this week's matchup, and uh, just in general talking a little Texas football. Um, yeah. So what what did you think of the game this weekend, man? Uh, the Tech game, man. What a disappointment, right? Um, I think the line was about seven points. You know, a lot of people were really hoping that this is a game that, especially after the way we performed against Alabama, the way it was kind of shaky in the first half against UTSA, then we come out and show that we're the better team and just kind of put them away in that second half. You're expecting, you're expecting Texas to get the job done fairly simply, even without, you know, Quinn Ewers as a starting quarterback in. It looked like it was going that way at one point, 31 to 17, I believe, late in the third. And it was kind of a typical Texas game in the way that kind of how we were up on OU last year and just quick three and out drives on offense, keeping the defense out there. We got crushed in the time of possession. And, you know, when you play teams in the Big 12 like that, they came back on us and we lost, and their fans rushed the field after beating the number 22-ranked team in the country, which I find, I guess that comes with the territory when you're the Texas Longhorns. But, yeah, it was really disappointing overall, I'd say. Well, you know, they rushed the field, but that's probably the last time that the Longhorns are going to play in Lubbock. Uh, that's a good point. You know, for like 20 years. Like, let's be real about it. I don't think anything is getting worked out to where we're going to continue to play Tech. Uh, we'll probably play them next year. I think that's what most people imagine to be the last time. It was the first sellout for them in four years. Uh, I went to, uh, I think, the last game we played in Tech. Uh, that was a COVID game, so that wasn't, you know, there was a fourth of a stadium there. Uh, it was pretty much the last time that, you know, outside of some big non-conference uh, scheduling that Tech's ever going to have to play a big dog like Texas, uh, especially Texas being, you know, their ultimate rival I would say, in the state. Um, obviously, when OU goes, that's a big thing, too. But, yeah, they rushed the field. Um, you know, they, it's not the University of Texas uh, who doesn't rush the field. Uh, they, they, I think that was a given, especially coming from behind and winning in that game. Uh, you know, I I wasn't very impressed. Uh, you know, Hudson Carr, I thought, played, played all right, played gutsy, had the early interception, but... You know, uh, was showed a little more mobility and ability to get the ball down the field to his receivers. You know, they came out hot with that three-play drive that scored a touchdown, Keelan Robinson. And um, but yeah, uh, couldn't when they scored, they scored quickly. Didn't possess the ball well as far as uh, establish not establishing the run. They did establish the run. They just uh, went away from it. Um, uh, I didn't think the the Roshan Johnson uh, Wildcat formation. Uh, is very effective. Uh, I also didn't think it was ran very well when, you know, um, 
Like, for instance, the fourth down where they yeah. w- went right back to it. I agree with that. Like, I hated how they they have him reading the end and then go, like, to me, on fourth and short, just get him downhill. Get the get the big guy downhill. Don't have him reading the end and then he's reading and then, like, a second goes by before he's trying to hit, you know, a get up field. It's like that just gives the defensive, you know, line time to, you know, establish the line of scrimmage further back and then they, they ultimately stopped him. Yeah, and I just... You know, don't feel like I don't like that they have Hudson Card out there at all. Like they obviously aren't going to throw to him. I think Hudson Card's a great wide receiver. I think uh, he could be a great wide receiver for the Texas Longhorns. You know, whenever Ewers comes back, not that they're ever going to use him like that. Um, but they just need to go like in a large formation uh, with Roshan. and yeah, run the fucking ball if you're going to run the ball. But uh, I hate this pussyfooting around that I see. Uh, Texas, Texas do when they when they trot him out there, and I, uh, you know, I really just disagree with the call. I know it's a, I think it's a popular thing. I think it's something fans like to see. Oh, Ro- everybody loves Roshan Johnson. They just love his name. They, you know, he's a gutsy runner. Uh, well, Roshan Johnson had nine carries, and I think he had like twenty something yards, and uh, that's unacceptable against a Texas Tech defense that maybe be, might be improved, but it's it's they still get gashed. So we couldn't, we couldn't keep our defense off the field. We couldn't possess the ball very well, and uh, it tired him out. And even getting Overshawn back in the second half didn't. Re- like, he made a couple big plays, but they were just gassed out there. And eventually, you know, the cracks widened, and we we gave up too much in the second half, and we're really lucky to even get to overtime. Like that was a a very wild ending. Uh, the Milton catch, you know, I think it was about three plays that got him downfield and in field goal range. Um, Brett Auburn hit hit a really long field goal and, uh, you know, was very impressed uh, with that and the in-game drive just to be ready to, like, try to win the game. But I thought at that point, like, Texas thought they'd won. And it's like, well, hey, you, you know you still got to win the game. Like, that's all I was thinking about. Like, everybody was so excited where I was watching the game, watching with my family. Everybody was so excited that, you know, it was over, and it's like, well, no. Now, we really should have lost, and now it's just a miracle we even get a chance to try to win this game, and it could be hard in overtime to beat Tech, and sure as shit, the very first fucking play, uh, Texas gets right back on the field and fumbles the ball, Bijan Robinson style. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's an unfortunate play there. Uh, another thing, when it comes to time of possession, um, the D- Tech was 6 of 8 on fourth downs conversions so I you got to put some of that on the defense as well it's like no one's saying that you can't get off the field there on some of those fourth downs like some I mean they they converted several that were over fourth and five fourth and sevens fourth and sixes passes you know just converting um and I know Bijan had the fumble at the end and that's very unfortunate but only 16 carries for Bijan one reception to me that's not acceptable I don't know what they're saving him for He's gone, so might as well use him as much as you can. Um, I, I need to, I would love to see at least 20 carries from him. They didn't run nearly as many plays as Tech. They only ran 60 plays, where Tech ran 100 plays. Obviously, that's a lot to do with time of possession, but you, you need to get the ball to Bijan Moore in a game like that. You need to let him really carry the team. I, I, would, I don't know why they don't use him in the passing game. Every time they do, something good happens, whether it's Wheel routes up the sideline, like against UTSA, and uh, even Bama, he had a he had a nice play, like a 
30 plus yard reception, um, screen passes, Texas route swings, Alvin Kamara style. You know, we don't, he has that skill set and they don't use him in that way. Um, he, he still averaged over five yards a carry, I believe, 16 carries for 103. That's over five yards a carry. Um, I, w- I would like to see him get the ball more, um, even though he Most of that was on, what, that big run? Yeah, I mean, he had he had like a 35-yard touchdown run or 30-yard touchdown run. Which, yeah. Um, he, but stick with it. Like, you know, losing the time of possession 35 minutes to 24 minutes with our defense out there, they were weathering at the end. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a disappointing game overall. I got a question for you. How much do you put on Sark this game? Uh, I'll let you go first, then I'll give my opinions. Um, well, you know, it was hard because, like you said about the fourth downs, like Texas Tech made it very obvious that, like, no, we are definitely going for it uh, in pretty much every instance. And that's, like, really hard um, to game plan for uh, once a game gets to that point where you know – it's going to be four downs and 10 yards. And uh, I don't know if they were ready for that. Um, I, You know, on Sarkeesian not being able to hold on to another lead and giving things up, I, I, hate, I hated to see it. Uh, it wasn't like, I don't know if it's all on him or uh, like the defensive backs. Remember the, def- the two defensive backs? I'm not sure exactly who it was, but like, uh, free play, long pass downfield, and like there's two dudes right there, and like one of them basically knocked the other guy out of the way, and, or like there were just a lot of a lot of weak tackling, or just I, I don't know, just bad bad second. Like the secondary really got attacked this game, which really hadn't happened uh, up until this week. You know, Alabama couldn't throw it successfully. Uh, UTSA had a bit of success, but. Uh, Texas Tech really went for it, and when they didn't, you know, they had good running backs and Sir Sir Thomas Roderick or whatever his name is, and that quarterback was huge. Like, I knew every instance when they really had to get a couple yards that they were going to just run that quarterback. He threw the ball 56 times for 38 completions. Yeah, no, I mean, he threw the shit out of the ball, too. It's just, like, him running downhill, huge body, uh, on a lot of those fourth downs and at the goal line, we even stopped him once. Uh, but it, it was obvious to me that, that you know uh, he was going to be the biggest factor, and you know he was de- he was definitely the MVP of the game. I thought, uh, you know, he ran the ball 14 times for 41 yards and a touchdown, in addition to his 331 passing and two TDs. Uh, you know, then that their their leading running back Thompson had 17 attempts. So that's that's what I was seeing, but uh, yeah, what, what, do you blame this all on Sark? I guess I, I kind of blame it on Sark, but also just uh, you know not seeing a team that can really pass the ball and uh, having to deal with that. Yeah, I don't I don't blame it all on Sark. Um, obviously, it's a head coach. You're going to take some responsibility. But on our post game show on one hundred four nine the horn, uh, you know we take call-ins from the fans around the Austin area, and man, we had so many call-ins just. Oh, Sark, he, he's the same that we've been having. We got to get rid of Sark. It's all his fault. He doesn't coach guys up well. They're not disciplined. They're not blah, 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 blah. And it's like, man, I mean, he didn't go out there and fumble the ball. You know what I mean? He didn't miss any tackles. And at the end of the day, there's no doubt as a head coach, you bear some responsibility. And he would sit in front of the podium, the kind of guy he is, and he'll take that responsibility. But he's gonna he's more of an offensive guy, right? I mean, the offense wasn't the biggest issue in this game for Texas. Uh, 34 points, 
the the real issue was they did stall at the end in the second half. You can criticize all the play calling you want, and I'll do it as well myself, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. If the Wildcat worked, we might not be sitting here saying that was a bad call, but it didn't work. Um, anyway, yeah, I just think that Texas fans, you know, if you're out there and you're Texas fans, just take a deep breath. I know it's hard. We've seen this playbook so many times over the last 10 years, it feels like. A game you should have won against a Big 12 opponent that you basically choked and you you just let it slip away, especially in a season where, you know, the momentum is building back and everyone is just really hype about this team, but it is only his second year, guys, and um, he's bringing in some recruits. I, I still think that these some of these guys that we're bringing in, especially on the offensive-defensive lines, um, is something that I haven't seen in the past few years. Big, big-bodied guys. You watch us against Alabama. We weren't bullied physically at all. There was no aspect where our guys were not as athletic as them or couldn't hang with them. So, uh, obviously, you know, there's going to be some criticism of him, but at the end of the day... I think Texas fans, as hard as it is, as as long as it's been since we've lived up to what we want to get out of this program, you're gonna have to have some patience with the guy. Uh, don't you know some of the, even some of these other coaches? I feel like Texas sometimes is a bit trigger happy in letting their guys go. I think you know with Herman it was the right decision, and Charlie Strong was definitely the right decision. But gotta have some patience, you know. Let the man build the program. I think that he, I do believe he is the right guy personally I could be proven wrong in that we'll see I do believe we got the right guy so just have some patience and let him uh let him build this program and you know maybe in a few years losses like this will be a thing of the past we'll see well hopefully so I mean let's talk a little bit about the offense because I I don't I do want to mention so the Longhorns scored 10 second half points um and three of those were obviously at the very last second so pretty much about seven second seven second half points the way I look at things uh, despite what it says on paper. Um, and Texas Tech obviously uh, completely won the second half as far as scoring went. Uh, and, you know, people made kind of a big deal about Xavier Worthy uh, exiting the ball game. Well, Xavier Worthy drops the shit out of the fucking football. That's that's news uh, that I'm bringing you. Uh, he, he's, he's not trustworthy. I would never throw him the fucking ball down the field again. Um, he had two drops in the Texas Tech game. One that would have been a huge pass and that he didn't even appear to try to catch. Uh, there's no excuses. I don't know what his injury was or what his status is for next week, but a lot of people were saying how they simplified the playbook after he left the game, acting like he's some world beater. And it's like, you know, he's real fast, and, you know, he can make some spectacular plays, but I'm sorry. I'm just... Uh, after you know an eight touchdown freshman year, he did score a touchdown in this game on a basically a broken coverage where he was wide open, and if he had dropped that fucking ball, that you know, all was, hell breaks loose. Exactly, he had to catch that one. Um, but uh, you know, he he I think caught maybe three passes. I have it right over here somewhere. Uh, I mean, to me, Whittington's the more reliable pass catcher on this team. Yeah, three. Uh, totally, and uh, you know. Worthy caught three balls, targeted five times, 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Whittington caught six of four for 53. Um, pretty similar stat line. Sands the uh, touchdown there. To me, um, Hudson Card, like, he looked good enough. I feel like, if anything, they're simplifying the playbook, not because of Worthy or anything, but because of Card, and they don't want to, you know, maybe make him take as many shots down the field. But to me, I mean, I know it might be re- – 
moving on like an injured ankle or whatever. But the guy looked good, man. Opened the playbook a bit, especially in that second half. It just felt we were so stagnant. Um, it was like three and out, three and out. I mean, yeah, just uh, take some more shots down the field maybe with, with Hudson. Put a little bit more trust in him. Yeah, and, you know, establish the run on first down. Uh, I feel like a couple times we were coming out empty set on first down, and it's like... Now you're second and ten. And yeah, it, it just is a recipe to to go three and out or to have a drive stall. Uh, it's so very disappointing. And, um, you know, the horns... Uh, couldn't create a turnover on defense. Had a couple of chances at interceptions. Couldn't come up with the ball. Uh, that's huge. I mean, you lose the turnover differential by two and don't even create one for yourself in the ball game. Obviously, Can't get off the field on fourth down. Uh, exactly. I, mean, I guess I guess you get a couple fourth down stops. Some people consider those. Those aren't turnovers, but you know they are a change of possession. Um, so sure, maybe we maybe we can take a little solace in that that we only stopped. Uh, we only allowed Texas Tech to convert 75% of fourth down attempts. Um, but, yeah, you know, the offense uh, definitely uh, could have seen some more from it in the second half. I thought in the first they were firing on all cylinders. And, you know, you got to be ready for those second half adjustments. Uh, yeah, uh, there were there were some things I liked. Uh uh, you know, I know we were, we were missing Moro Ojimo and had Sweat out there in that um, nickel nose guard hybrid with Coburn a lot of the game. I thought that was a big uh, injury or missing from the game uh, player. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was just tough. Um, still a lot of youth on that team, inexperience. And, uh, you know, there's some older guys, too, that are about to be out of there. Uh, so just uh, – you know, not letting go of the season. You're looking at two and two. You've obviously got big games against OU, uh, you know, Oklahoma State, Baylor, ranked teams. You've got West Virginia this week at home. And you just came off three home games. You played literally your first three games at home and then, you know, overlooked a Texas Tech team that was dying to beat you. Uh, you know, every, you know, I'm sure they were crazy out there in Lubbock. First road test with your backup quarterback. The fact that anybody thought we were just going to blow them out was just foolish, yeah. in my opinion. Well, you know, if you want to look ahead, we can uh, we can look to uh, West Virginia next week. Um, pretty much a must win. I mean, if you want, I mean, they're all must wins in college football. But as far as you know, keeping the morale and the momentum of this season. It's the season's not over. Um, if you're expecting Texas to make the playoffs, you know that's probably that's probably not going to happen at this point. Uh, but to still have a successful season, if you get to nine wins, I think you can feel pretty decent about that. Have your starting, especially when you missed your starting quarterback for the first half of the year. I don't think Quinn's going to be back next week. He might though. We'll see. Um, yeah, what do you think about the season? Give us an outlook of the season going forward, um, obviously, and what kind of difference do you think Quinn will make as well when he gets back? Well, I feel like the team will all play for Quinn a lot more than they will Hudson Card. I feel like, um, you know, whatever it was last year, things didn't look good. I don't think anybody wants to play with Hudson Card as their quarterback. Uh, I'm not saying they're quitting on him, but, you know, uh, the poise we saw – uh, the first, you know, five quarters or so of the football season was just different before Hudson Card took over the job. 
Uh, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I just don't think he's the guy. Um, this week, yeah, I think it's a must win. Another home game. It'll be our fourth home game of the year. Uh, I think everybody's probably pretty comfortable uh, with a home our home environment. It's a night game, so it won't be too hot. Uh, 6.30 kick. Should be a good time. Uh, I expect to beat West Virginia, obviously. I expect to beat everybody, but you know, West Virginia's uh, taken some bad losses. I know they lost to, I think, uh, Kansas. And, um, you know, they, they it's just not the West Virginia program that it was when it first entered the Big 12. Well, you got the, you got the yeah, schedule? They lost to Pitt as well. They beat Virginia Tech, who's not good at all. And then it's Townsend. I don't even know who that is. They played Pitt well, though. That was the first week of the year. And that's like a, the backyard brawl or whatever it was. That was a, uh, that was a good game, and they played uh, a pit team that wasn't wasn't terrible. Uh, Keaton Slovis and you know uh, company. I think you're getting out of West Virginia, kind of what you always expect, sort of the Big Twelve style. Just they're averaging 42 points a game. Obviously, that's a bit inflated because they played a Townsend, which must be like some D three. I don't even know. Never heard of them, but they dropped 65. So that's going to inflate their points per game a little bit. But you know, it's going to be J T Daniels under center. They're going to, you know, you're probably going to have to score a good bit. But at the same time, I expect our defense to be able to to be able to get off the field, certainly a lot more than they did against Tech. Um, I think Tech is probably a better team than West Virginia. Yeah, I would agree with that uh, from, I guess, what I've seen and obviously watching Tech play the Longhorns and just overall offensive talent. Um uh, you know, but J.T. Daniels isn't a bad quarterback, and uh, the years that West Virginia's I've seen West Virginia beat Texas, it's been because of quarterback play almost exclusively. Uh, whether it was uh, you know Geno Smith or um, what was that other guy Webb Davis Davis Webb maybe Ah, uh, he uh, he went in, I think like a second round pick. He was an older dude. Uh, we can look it up later. And either way, he ran the two point conversion in uh, here at home. Uh, he was he was a badass quarterback. Uh, either way, uh, when they have good quarterback play, they can compete. Otherwise, we kind of bully them. I actually went to a game in West Virginia where we just completely beat the shit out of them about three years ago. Uh, and you know, sometimes so it just kind of depends what we're going to get out of them. It's hard to tell. Um, you know, outside of watching Big Twelve conference games, I don't watch a lot of West Virginia football. Um, but yeah, you know. Uh, you know, I wish I had some better intel to preview this game, but uh, but it's a game that, as the Texas Longhorns, you you really shouldn't have to preview that hard. It should be West Virginia comes to town and we kick their ass. That's that's really what it should be. If we're in this position where, oh, uh, I don't know what the line's going to be, but you know, you might sweat a little bit now. But realistically, as the University of Texas, you should kick the shit out of West Virginia. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, just uh, coming off a loss, you pretty much have to get the win to go into the Oklahoma game. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I know they're they're already probably preparing for for OU. Uh, I hope they're just not overlooking this week uh, against a team that you know, uh, another team that this is probably their last trip to Austin. Uh, I bet maybe some you know there might even be a few more West Virginia fans than the traditional year. Uh, coming down to check it all out and, you know, uh, make a play of it. Everybody wants to beat Texas this year in the Big 12 because they're leaving. Real Every- quick, uh, oh, my bad, but uh, if if Texas uh, beats Oklahoma, 
what does that do? What does that do for? Didn't Oklahoma uh, just lost last week? Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State's beaten Oklahoma like three out of the last four they years. They give them hell. Did, did Deuce Vaughn go off in that game? I, I didn't get to catch that game. I didn't watch it either. Uh, I didn't expect it to be like a battle, really. But I guess you know, now that you say that, it seems like Kansas State's always giving Oklahoma a run for their money. Yeah, no, like I said, three out of four. I believe it's three out of four years. It might be three in a row, but I know it's three out of four. Um, yeah, just uh, Kansas State, always um, another one of those teams that can be sneaky good or just be terrible. Um, I like uh, what I um, – I like, I've seen a little bit of OU playing, but I had, didn't watch what K-State game. Uh, I think Brett Venable's a decent coach. I think they're doing all right. I think this is a down year for OU – all things considered, and a win against Oklahoma here in two weeks up in Dallas, I think what it would do, well, first of all, uh, a, a with, considering a, a win against West Virginia in a world where we beat West Virginia and then go beat OU, that I think would satiate the fan base um, pretty much on the year because it, it'd be something to hang your hat on no matter what. Uh, you know, just... Well, at least we beat OU kind of thing. Um, right. And then, I mean, you never know. You still could have a chance at the Big 12 title if, you know, a team like Oklahoma State could easily slip up along the road. Um, so you, you that that still stays alive. Um, to me, get to nine wins, get to ten wins, nine at least, and you're going to – the fan base will still have that, you know, it'll still revitalize the, or they'll stay vitalized. Is that even a word, vitalized? Revitalize, yeah. I know that's a word. Um, yeah, and then going into next year, if if they're going to merge with the SEC next next year, which a lot of signs are pointing towards, uh, full steam ahead, we're going to have a quarterback in yours with more experience, and uh, next year is going to be a huge year for the University of Texas. But, um, yeah, still a lot of football left. No reason to give up. No reason to, you know, sulk and be all sad. Um, they should have won the game, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, still a lot of season left. So, yeah, and we won five games last year. If you even won eight games, that would be a three-game improvement. Which I mean, that's not a lot of teams are doing that. Not a lot of te- you know, that's a big jump. Even if it's just a couple minor things where you didn't fuck up here, 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 you didn't let up these leads. Um, you know, improving by three to four to five wins would be awesome. Um, you know, I think I think it's a long road ahead. A uh, lot of, you know, got to play pretty much everybody in the Big 12 except Texas Tech still. So that's that's eight games right there. And, um, you know, uh, we still don't know what the Big 12 is. Um, you know, we don't know how good a Baylor or an Oklahoma State really are because they haven't really been tested. And I know Baylor actually has lost uh, again the BYU. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be an evolving year. Uh you know, when we get to that midway point against OU, I think we'll really kind of know uh, the direction it's going. But right now, I still think it's a good football team, very talented, uh, even with a backup quarterback. I think, you know, I hate to say it, I think if we have Ewers, we're, you know, we beat Texas Tech. Obviously, I think we would have beaten Oak, Alabama. I hate to hang my hat on that. But, yeah, remember we're playing with a backup quarterback and we're trying to right the ship. Um, coming off an absolutely terrible year, and you know what are we? Um, what are we three and fucking three and eight in our last eleven yeah, I mean, games? What was it? Uh, 
it was like a six game six game losing streak, and then and we then we will beat uh who Kansas State at the end of the year. Yes, Kansas State, I believe. Yeah, maybe the loss to Kansas isn't looking so bad. What are they three and zero now? Four and zero? I think Kansas might be four and zero. Well, I mean, you better <laughs> watch out. Bad. I mean, Kansas is. We got to go there, and obviously, road games aren't our best. Uh, on our forte. That's apparently. a good point right there, honestly. Uh, we need to be, I mean, uh, second loss, <laughs> you got to be ready to go play the Kansas Jayhawks. Hopefully they'll be motivated since they lost last year, so they'll be ready to go kick their ass. Um, yeah, the biggest thing for Texas is we're kind of wrapping up here. Just they've got to figure out a way, and it seems like it's been a trend, even moving to the Herman era, of just being up in this game. And as a fan, you're like, oh, we got this, just like, 12 more minutes left, let's close it out. And then they, they give up the comeback. Like, it seems like, and I can't think of, I can think of OU last year, and I guarantee you if I go look at Texas' schedule over the last few years, I can find other games where that exact sort of story happened. So they're going to have to figure that out, whatever it is, whether it's getting more stops on defense, controlling the ball more on offense, and just give the ball to number five, man. I know he fumbled, and that sucks. You know, it happens. I don't I don't remember him ever fumbling, Um before that, really, he's a great player. Still, uh, you can be pissed at him if you want. I understand, but at the end of the day, he needs more touches overall throughout the ball game. Uh, just let's try to control the clock a little bit more. I'm not trying to be all boomer with it, but you see the effects of what happens when a team runs 40 more plays than you, uh, as it as Texas Tech did last game. Yeah, and um, another important thing is you know right in the ship, not letting this season get away because all those recruits. Even the fucking Arch Mannings of the world, they're gonna think twice. They're not signed. They're gonna think twice about fucking about a team that's dropping games left and right. Um, if there doesn't appear to be a drastic improvement this season, which I think there already is a bit of, uh, then then things could get out of hand. And um, you know these guys you're talking about coming in, uh, these great recruits, uh, that we might not, you know, they, we could lose a little bit of our luster. I think you know. A lot of a lot of recruiting services have us as the, you know, two or three ranked class right now. Um, that I don't care as much about. Obviously, we've got some big time players coming in, but you know, we didn't recruit the we didn't get all the best players in Texas. Like it's not like that. We got a lot of out of state guys. Okay, um, we got uh, you know some some good. Some good talent. We got the number one recruit out of, you know, some good talent out of Louisiana. But uh, we got to keep them. We've got to win some football football games going forward. Otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, all all those bad things that have plagued the Charlie Strong and Tom Herman eras uh, will start to be talked about and come out um, for the horns. And I just I just pray that that's not the case. But uh, that's those are my closing statements. Corey, you got anything left before we get off the nope. Longhorns? Got to win next score, week. Score prediction for this week? Yeah. Um. So I'm looking at the spread right here. Minus nine and a half for Texas. That's what it opened at. So no movement there. The over under opened at 56 and a half, and it's all the way up to 62. So obviously people jamming the over there. Um. Uh, I'm gonna go Texas to win. It's hard for me to predict a cover here, honestly. So I'm gonna go as much as I would like them to. Um, they just burned me last week. Uh, had a wager on them. Didn't go too well. Uh, so I'm going to go Texas 35, West Virginia um, 31. 42-21. Ty's prediction for the record is 42-21. Uh, 
Ty, Ty is not sitting in on the segment today. He's a little bit sick. He's under the weather, uh, sore throat. So uh, he's going to be back strong next week, though. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to take the horns 31-17. And, uh, yeah. Uh, All right. That about does it. Yep, that, that does it for uh, the Texas Longhorn segment uh, of the Lone Star Lowdown. We'll be back uh, with some gridiron gossip right after this. Lowdown. It's Shay and Corey here, and we're talking NFL football. Uh, it is September 28th. Uh, we're going into week four. We're going to get a little recap of week three. Uh, this is the Lone Star Lowdown. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, all the social media sites. Um, there should be access to those on this page you're listening to this uh, episode on. Um, so, yeah, uh, Corey, 23-16, Cowboys beat the Giants. What would you like? Yeah, what did I like? Let's see. I liked the their ability to run the football, one. Um, I liked their ability to run the football outside of the tackles. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the times um, when I've been frustrated with Dallas over the years is their hard-headedness about running the football, and I was always – I was that guy. Let them throw more. Let them throw more. Well, the reason is because on first and ten, when you run it right up the gut every time and – then you're in second and nine, especially in the NFL. It just puts you in a bad position to move the chains. You know, second and nine is not a favorable down and distance. Uh, I love the way they were getting outside of the tackle box, especially the way they use Pollard. They're finally getting to the point, I think, where they're accepting the fact that Zeke is not what he used to be. And it's okay that even though you're paying him, like the highest paid running back in the league, that doesn't it, – what's more important is to win football games. So they're actually splitting pretty evenly, which in my opinion, Pollard is just the better. He's the better runner. He's the more explosive athlete, more explosive playmaker. And you saw that. The guy averages over in um, – he's had about 450 touches in his NFL career. He averages 5.1 yards a carry and 8.5 yards a reception. That's that's a pretty solid sample size as well. So the guy's a good player. I love the way they got him involved. Uh, I think the Dallas defense this year um, – has really carried that momentum from last year. You look at a guy like Diggs, who's playing very well. You're not hearing all the um, always giving up all these big plays and yards like everyone likes to pick on Trayvon for. He's playing well this year. Obviously, Micah is arguably top five player, uh, defensive player in the league. Um, he played a bad Giants team. I'm not gonna sit here and do backflips like um, the you know Dallas. Hey, they were two and zero. They were 2-0. Um, they beat the Panthers, and they did beat the Titans, which is, I guess, a decent team, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Um, a win's a win in the NFL, uh, especially with the backup quarterback. They're keeping their head above water. You know, when Dak went down, I thought they might just lose every game. Uh, I thought that was a real possibility, and especially playing Cincinnati at home. So to get these two wins, it at least gives you momentum. Uh, the Eagles are a force to be reckoned with in the NFC East, so they're going to have to keep stringing together wins. Um, so yeah, um, another team last week uh, that had an impressive performance. Well, one Shay. sec, one sec. Let me just let me say a little something okay, about the ahead. Cowboys before go we ahead. move on to everything else. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a uh, impressive win, uh, a gutsy NFC East rival, probably your biggest rival. Uh, you know, debatable. Uh, on the road with a backup quarterback, uh, kind of a slugfest early on, six six, and then uh, the Giants actually took the lead in that game, thirteen six, and then the Cowboys rattled off fourteen unanswered and closed it out. Uh, game sealing interception by Trayvon Diggs, you know, in what could have been a 
you know, game tying drive. Um, I was impressed with their pressure on the quarterback. Um, they had like six sacks, something like that. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence had a great game. Uh, Parsons, I don't know if he got to the quarterback, but his presence was felt. Uh, obviously, they're game planning around him. And uh, yeah, I just thought the um, the team looked good. I thought both running backs looked good. I think Zach uh, Zeke looks better this year, but. Uh, uh, to agree with you, I thought they attacked the perimeter very well and getting around the outside of the defense. Um, but yeah, uh, two and one moving forward. Uh, tell us what else from around the week of football. Yeah, so um, just just a few um, tidbits from last week before we preview next week. The Eagles uh, crushed the Commanders. Uh, their defense looks good. Their offense looks explosive. They looks like a force to be reckoned with uh, in the NFC. But a team that you know I really kind of want to touch on for a second is the Jaguars, man. Like going from having the second or the first overall pick last year, the worst team in the league. Uh, Doug Peterson's came in. Trevor Lawrence looks to be everything he lived up to be now in his second year. Man, uh, they're looking pretty good. They housed the Chargers thirty-eight to ten. I know Justin Herbert's a little hurt, but the guy played. So uh, yeah, you want to? You got anything to say about the old Jags down there? Yeah, I mean, and first the first pick of the draft two years in a row, two years of being you know cellar dwellers. Uh, yeah, obviously it didn't, it wasn't working out last year with Urban Meyer. Uh, he got shit canned pretty quick, but yeah, brought in Peterson. Uh, they got some good receiving options in Kirk and uh, uh, Zay Jones is having a good year. Uh, James Robinson looking really good running the football, and you know Etn. Uh, you know a lot of people thought he would take the job from James Robinson. I remember like when that notion was coming about, just thinking how silly it was because I knew how good James Robinson well, you, was. you got to remember, James Robinson tore his Achilles last year. So, oh, yeah. like, a lot of people... I drafted ETN in our fantasy league. Um, I still got Damian Pierce that I played last week who did pretty well for me. Uh, I benched ETN, but the reason why I drafted ETN is because I'm like, has there ever been a running back come back from an Achilles? Like, I love James Robinson, the player. I just thought that Achilles was kind of a career ender, but Isn't he's that proven that wrong. Had? Peterson had ACL. Okay, Peterson was ACL. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I can't think of a good Achilles uh, example. But, uh, yeah, Jaguars might be for real. Um, they beat a team. They beat a Jaguar, uh, Chargers team on the road that was supposed to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, they, they could definitely compete for the NFC South uh, title. Um, other games I watched, uh, there was that Green Bay Buccaneers game. Uh you know, Aaron Rodgers, probably the last time he's going to play Brady unless they meet in the playoffs this year, um, came down to kind of a messy, messy uh, uh, goal line stand, pretty much a goal line stand. But the Buccaneers really had like two false starts. One wasn't called, not false starts, delays of game. Uh, got the game tying touchdown, needing the, the, the two point conversion. I got moved back five yards and then uh, couldn't make the play. I thought that was very un Brady esque and was very disappointing because I would have loved to have seen that game go into overtime. Either way, Buccaneers lose 14 12 and it was mostly an unentertaining game. Anything else from last week? Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, terrible, terrible choice of primetime. Uh, 49ers and Broncos and Dallas Giants, two pretty boring games. Uh, yeah, thought they could have done better there. But those are like four of the like eight biggest markets in the NFL. Like that is that's true. That's a Super Bowl rematch between the Niners and the Broncos. Um, that you know had some interest. You know, it wasn't it was a ten to eleven? It was ten to five most of the game. But uh, and then Giants Cowboys. That's always going to sell. Uh, that you know that the. the the next game's probably also on a Sunday or Monday night, uh, whenever it is, or you know what I mean. It's uh, 
the fact that those teams aren't all super competitive right now, um, you know, it it's it's money, man. Yeah, it's a business. All right, <clears throat> week four of the NFL season. Uh, we got a London game uh, between the Saints and the Vikings Thursday night. It, um, before that, Thursday night, it's going to be Dolphins at Bengals, which that should be a pretty good game. Um, yeah, any any games here you want you want to talk about? Um, you know, specifically, uh, you know, obviously the com- the Commanders Redskins coming out of playing the Cowboys this week. Uh, I love how you still call them the Redskins. Well, that's you know, what they are. I just they? don't really think like in my the only reason I really call them the Commanders is because I'm sitting here looking at the schedule and you know this new little logo and whatever. But in my mind, they yeah, like I I'm not trying to get political or anything. It's what but we grew up with. Man. Yeah, they're you know just like the. The Cleveland Indians are just—they're still the Cleveland. Like, like the fact that the Guardians is just an odd little like trivial matter. Uh, the you know they—I'm fine with Cleveland baseball team or Washington football team. In my mind, it's just yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, you know the Cowboys another div- a, a big uh, divisional game. Uh, you know, got got a win in the division last week against the Giants. Uh, the Washington team didn't play very well last week against. The Eagles, but actually, you know, uh, they've they've shown some signs. They're getting people involved. Carson Wentz isn't terrible over there. Uh, they've got uh, obviously McLaurin, uh, uh, Gibson, um, Dotson, uh, Samuel. All those players are you know offensive weapons. Um, I think that, you know there's no game you overlook. That's a noon kick at home for Dallas. Uh, I think it could be a hard fought game. Yeah, um, it, if we want to dive into that game a little bit, the Commanders gave up nine sacks against Philly last week, so uh, that's going to be a point that Dallas really needs to take advantage of with their pass rush and their defense. If they can get after Carson Wentz, force him into doing Carson Wentz things, making errant, uh, ill-advised throws down the field, um, they should have a good chance to win the ball game, um, especially if the defense plays well. But at the end of the day, they are playing with the backup quarterback. They're not as explosive with him. I know some absolute idiots uh, on the internet and on stupid uh, mainstream network talk shows who have nothing to talk about and want to sit there and try to make this a QB controversy in Dallas somehow, which is it's just laughable. It, it, they don't even believe what they're saying. They, they're just trying to get views on, you know, these Fox and ESPN shows. But nevertheless, um, in division opponent, you got to win. Um, you good on Dallas because I see I'm looking at the Ravens versus the Bills right now, and that seems to be for some reason this is a noon kick, but that looks to be a one of the biggest games and most entertaining games that I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, definitely a sexy matchup that I wanted to get to. Uh, Buffalo coming off a loss, just ran out of time against the Miami Dolphins last week. Uh, you know, so there's a blemish on their schedule on a team that most people still think is you know probably the number one contender coming out of the AFC. Uh, the Ravens, uh, a team that uh, is, is is playing well. Lamar Jackson playing at a very high level, looking great, uh, putting up lots of fantasy points. Uh, despite losing, uh, Hollywood Brown has, uh, you know, Devin DuVernay has really stepped up in that offense. Uh, you know, Longhorn. Uh, Mark Andrews, obviously, uh the Ravens, uh, I don't. Ex- they they have this game at home. I don't expect them to necessarily beat the Bills, but uh, you know, to, a game with two uh, very mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I think it'll be hard fought. 
I think both both teams are both teams secondaries are uh, well. I know the Bills have some have some key injuries, while the Ravens are just they don't have that great of a secondary. Yeah, they're just bad. And uh, <laughs> like if when you think of the Ravens, you think of defense. But as of late, man, if you have a fantasy wide receiver playing the Ravens, you start that man. Because they, I mean, they just gave up 150 yards to Devontae Parker and Mac Jones. Like, they are, they gave up 28 or 20, in the mid-20 points to the Patriots. Uh, they do not have the defense and the pass defense, certainly, that they used to have. So, that would definitely make me lean bills. I would also look at betting the over in that game um, if I wanted to make a wager. So, Yeah, definitely could be a um, high-scoring affair. Uh, other games? Eagles-Jags? Not, I mean, with with the Jags looking how they've looked now, that 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 doesn't seem like too bad of a game. That could be a sneaky option for yeah, a, a great high scoring game. Um, you know, if the Eagles, I think the Eagles are pretty good. Um, if the you know if they aren't just if they don't just overcome the Jaguars and really put them in their place, I think that could be a good game. Um, I again, I've I know the Jaguars have won a couple games. Uh, I know that they've put up some points. I'm still not sold on how good they are uh, and how cohesive a team they are. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Jalen Hurts, another player, playing like an MVP right now. Uh, right now it's it's a really a three-dog race between uh, Jackson, uh, Hurts, and Allen, I would say. Um, that, obviously all, that obviously always changes as the season goes on. But right now Hurts is looking really good for a perfect Eagles team. Yeah, I wonder, um, I just wonder, because I wonder how much better he's gotten, basically, because last year, I don't care what you say, he was not a good NFL quarterback. And I'm not, I'm using good very literally, like, I'm not using that loosely. He was not, he was effective in certain times, you know, running around, but as far as just playing the position, he was not good last year. But this year, he does look good. So, is it a facade? What is it? We'll see. I believe players can get better. Uh, I believe Jalen Hurts is one of those guys who is super focused, hard worker, gonna spin that. He's he's always been that guy. I mean, he had a six hundred pound squat in college for Christ's sakes. That is one. It's a lot of genetics, but that's also hard ass work in the weight room. So, um, yeah, I, we're really gonna find out over the course of the season how good Hurts is. Um, and I mean, he's got Devonta Smith coming into his own. He's got AJ Brown. Um, you know, some serious uh, receiving options and uh, really, you know, uh, quality running backs to back him up. Uh, I think the offense they're loaded. Is, I mean, yeah, the offense loaded. has grown up around him, and you know, obviously, can he be a pocket passer when when it's needed? And how much will he have to lean on his ability to run the ball? Um, well, is yet to be seen. But yeah, uh, I think the Eagles are going to win that game. It's a home game for them, another noon kick. But it could it could be a good game. I don't have any betting uh, predictions for that. But um, you, uh, if if you did, I I don't know what the spread is. If it was over five points, I'd take the Jags um, just to cover, just because in the NFL I like taking points if you're going to give them to me. Um, but also, you know, I haven't been betting a lot lately, man, because you just don't know what the hell's going to happen, man. Texas Texas kicked my ass against Tech anyway, kind of put me down big. Let's see, in the afternoon window of the NFL, you got a little AFC West matchup, Raiders-Broncos. You got New England coming to Green Bay without Mac Jones. That's probably going to be an ass-whooping, if I had to guess, so probably don't need to spend too much time on that. And then the two night games, you got 
Tampa Bay hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Julio Super Jones, Bowl rematch, man. Super Bowl rematch. Julio Jones is um, supposed to be back for the Buccaneers. They are, they've been and Mike Evans as well. They were decimated as far as weapons go last week. And then uh, a little NFC Championship rematch uh, on Monday night. San Francisco hosting uh, the Los Angeles Rams. So you want to touch on those two games real quick? Yeah. Um, Chiefs going to the Bucks. Uh, I think. You know, they're two years removed from the Super Bowl where they absolutely shut down Kansas City. A lot has changed. Uh, Tampa Bay's offensive line is not what it was. Um, this week they will have Mike Evans, which will be, uh, and you said Julio Jones as well, who looked good in the first game of the year. Uh, I'm not sure what Goblin's status is, but uh, at best he's iffy, fit, you know, coming back from an injury at best. Um and obviously Gronk's gone, and so Brady's kind of looked stagnant. In fact, that touchdown at the end of the game against Green Bay was the first offensive touchdown that they'd scored. I heard that, which I'm not. Uh, I might be well, wrong they, about they that. They scored. Mike Evans scored against the Cowboys Week One. I know. Okay. Okay. Maybe You're that was. Right. A, it was. It was of that game for sure. Who did they play? Yeah. They played Green Bay this week. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was wrong about that. But still, not a lot of scoring. Uh, the game against um, uh, New Orleans yeah. was also uh, very low scoring. I think they had a defensive touchdown. But um, lots of field goals, lots of settling, uh, the inability to punch it in. Uh, I guess I'm wrong about the first touchdown coming last week. But it feels like it, that's for sure. Their defense is does seem to be still legit, though, right? Oh, yeah. They still have a great linebacking core and um, – you know, uh, playmakers around, uh, you know, around the field, uh, Sante Samuel Jr., uh, you know, uh, still have, like, the Vita Veas of the world. Uh. Antoine Winfield. Is that who you meant? Is that who Antoine I... Antoine Winfield Jr.? Yeah. Okay, Asante, yeah. Asante that's Samuel Jr. is somewhere uh, else. He's on the Chargers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Antoine Winfield. Two bad... Their dads were both badass DBs in our, in our, when we were growing up, so... Yeah, yeah. I mixed them up there. Uh, He's a good player, though, for sure. And then uh, some great linebackers uh, between, what is it, Devin White? Devin White and Barrett. Um, uh, Barrett, yes, Barrett, he's more of a pass rusher, though. Uh, Levante David, though, is the yeah. other off-ball linebacker. They got a great, they have great players on defense, for sure. Yeah, and that's carrying them. Uh, hopefully they can write the ship on the offensive line. The Chiefs, um, Chiefs looked good. Uh, had a hiccup last week against the Colts. That was really more special teams than anything else. Um you know, I think the departure of Tyreek Hill definitely hurts the offense in ways, but that they're making up for it, uh, spreading the ball around, uh, getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, more involved, especially in the passing game. And uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know who I'm taking in this game. I I feel like I want the Bucks just because I think they know how to beat Mahomes. And you know, the funny thing about this game is that it might not be. Uh, because that Super Bowl was a home Super Bowl, you know, in Tampa Bay. So it's literally a Super Bowl rematch, but the game might get moved to, like, Minnesota. Isn't that crazy that for so many years of the Super Bowl, the team hosting the Super Bowl could never win it, and now it's, like, in the last two out of the last three years, the Rams did it, and then the Bucks did it before, so. Well, like, not only that, like, I don't even know if anybody had ever even played I don't think they in have. a game yeah. where their stadium was hosting it. Uh, I know that uh, the the 49ers at least won us one Super Bowl in like California, but it might have been like the but Rose Bowl it, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't at you know Candlestick. Or, um, 
But uh, yeah, it's just uh, there's only so many teams that even get a Super Bowl, like even have a chance of it. Like outside of building a brand new multi-billion dollar stadium and getting one Super Bowl, if you're like the Minnesota Vikings, for instance, you just don't have the weather for it. And they're always going to be monopolized by like New Orleans, places in Florida. Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dallas will get, get you know, not even a lot of them. I don't think they've had one since what Green Bay, Pittsburgh. It's fucking cold in Dallas it in is. February. Dude, it is. Um, where's this Ari- year? Oh, uh, this year. Um, shoot, maybe Arizona, maybe Philadelphia, maybe uh, uh, New Orleans. New Orleans gets a lot of them just yep. because it's a great town to you know have a Super Bowl in with a nice covered stadium. Yep. Uh, um, so the line uh, of Tampa Bay, Kansas City is a. Uh, Plus three for Tampa Bay home underdogs. Uh, that's something to look at there. Tom Brady, tough to bet against him at home, even though he did just lose Aaron Rodgers. But I don't know. I feel like he bounces back here. Well, I mean, it's also, unless they meet in the Super Bowl again, probably the last time we're going to see Brady play Mahomes. And Brady, you know, pretty much universally regarded as uh, the best, or if you don't universally regard him as the best for the generation. Uh, you can at least recognize that he certainly won the most from the generation. And then you have a guy in Patrick Mahomes who's already won a Super Bowl, already has a pretty you know extensive history with Tom Brady, even in his short career, is you know also kind of universally looked at as the best of this next generation of quarterbacks coming up that are you know really surplanting the old guard. And um, pro- probably the last time they play, uh, so this is I think a a. You know, it's Sunday Night Football. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Um, and I think it's also, and from the NFL's perspective, kind of a passing of the torch, uh, per se, between these quarterbacks. I think that's what it's definitely going to be sold as on the broadcast. And, um, you know, it is. Uh, we're going to be doing football karaoke for that game over at the the Nomad Bar uh, over at, right at Corona and uh, Corona Lane. Uh, you know, be sure to to follow us yeah, on Twitch live or come down and uh, join us live. It'll be a good time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Bucks. Uh, I think they're going to win. I think that the, you know, the old guard holds firm and uh, gives Mahomes one last loss to remember him by uh, in what's quite possibly Brady's last year. Yeah, and uh, final game you want to touch on, uh, Rams 49ers Monday night. Uh, the, the Niners are actually home favorite, favorites, uh, minus two and a half, which the Rams are two and one, but they haven't really looked that good this year, in my opinion. That game against Arizona was a weird game. Like, both quarterbacks threw for 300. Well, Matt Stafford threw for like 250, um, but Kyler threw for like 370. Neither quarterback threw a touchdown. It was just like 600 passing yards and no passing touchdowns, which was a bit odd. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think I think the Rams might be a little bit down this year compared to what they were last year. I think Stafford really caught fire. I think he's a streaky guy, and uh, he led the league in picks last year, and this year through the first two weeks he had five picks already. So, um, yeah, I, I would probably pick the 49ers in this game, to be honest, just controlling it, running the ball playing defense uh kittle might have a big game so i actually don't hate the 49ers in this game money line though yeah i know the 49ers look kind of sluggish with garoppolo at the helm this last week um they couldn't get the win 
but yeah, having Kittle coming back, and let me remind you, this is the NFC Championship game last year, and a game that most people thought the 49ers would win, because I believe they beat the Rams two times in the regular season last year. They beat year. the Rams to get into the playoffs. Um, on, that definitely there. I think yeah, they yeah. beat them. I think they beat them both times and lost the third time. You're right. You're right. Because uh, I remember that that game early in the season um, at at uh, 49ers were home in that game and they they did win. So yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think the Niners' defense. Uh, you know, they're in this. They're in the same division, so uh, they're kind of built to beat one another. And I think the 49ers have the defensive edge over uh, the Rams' offense. Um, that, you know, hasn't been firing on all cylinders. They, you know, been looking for a running game, obviously creating a lot of turnovers. Um, and outside of Cooper Cup, uh, haven't really seen, you know, that second receiver really stand up. I know we thought it was going to be Allen Robinson, but he, is so far in the year, hasn't exactly... He appears to be washed, Yeah, as, like, as the kids call it. He, he's not putting up the numbers we expected, uh, when he was finally given a good quarterback. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I'm taking the Niners. Um, it's a big-time divisional game, and uh, I think the Niners uh, even out their record and the Rams both at 2-2 two and two after Monday night. All right, uh, that does it for me. Um, good for you, Shay. Yeah, um, I'm all wrapped up. I appreciate y'all listening to our um, NFL segment here uh, of the Lone Star Lowdown. Um, you know, too bad we couldn't have Ty in it this week. He's just a bit sick. But, uh, you know, give him a little shout-out here at the end. Uh, you know he'll be watching those Cowboys at noon uh, against the uh, against the commies. Yeah. Um, th- yeah, th- like Che said, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Lone Star LD, TikTok, The Lone Star Lowdown, YouTube, The Lone Star Lowdown, and Instagram, The Lone Star Lowdown as well, right? Uh, yeah, I think there might be an underscore in there we somewhere. Have, look, just look us up, guys. You know, you know the blue and uh, the blue and red logo. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks hey, for Ross, tuning in, and uh, everyone have a good day. Hook them. And I'm battling it every day. I'm stuck in a loop. Round and round we go. Everybody say, you really paying to get zoos? I scream for more. She won't get us cool. I adore the over. I prefer Italian soup. Talk too smooth, really